Cable news, noisy, boring, out of touch. That's why Salem News Channel is different. We keep you in the know. Streaming 24-7 for free. Home to the greatest collection of conservative voices like Dennis Prager, Jay Sekulow, Mike Gallagher, and more. Salem News Channel is unfiltered and unapologetic. Watch anytime, on any screen at snc.tv and local now channel 525 China refuses to meet with defense secretary Lloyd Austin The reality is is that China is very aggressive as we know The Senate votes to block student loan cancellation and Biden vows to veto the resolution. The plan's ultimate fate lies with a Supreme Court decision expected this month. Amazon to pay $30 million in the Alexa privacy case. Authorities say some cameras actually left customers exposed to illegal surveillance. This is the Daybreak Insider Podcast. Your first look at today's top stories for Friday, June 2nd. I'm Mike Scott. U.S. Secretary of Defense Lloyd Austin says it's unfortunate that his Chinese counterpart is refusing to meet with him at an upcoming annual security conference in Singapore, which both men are attending. I think that's unfortunate. I would welcome any uh, any opportunity to uh, to engage uh, uh, with uh, with leadership. I think defense. Uh, departments should be talking to each other uh, on a routine basis or should have uh, open channels for communication. Austin went on to note China's increasingly aggressive military actions in international airspace and waterways in the region, saying, quote, the provocations and intercepts of our aircraft and our allies' aircraft is very concerning, and we would hope that they would alter their action. End quote. On Tuesday, the U.S. military did confirm that a Chinese fighter jet flew aggressively close to a U.S. reconnaissance aircraft over independent and neutral seas in the South China Sea, forcing the American pilot to fly through turbulent jet wash. Retired General Jack Keane joined the Salem Radio Network saying that, unfortunately, China snubbing the U.S. isn't new. This has been going on for some time. The Secretary of Defense has reached out a number of times to his counterpart um, after the obvious balloon incident that took place here. Remember, as a result of that incident, um, Secretary Blinken did not go through with his trip to China, which I thought was the right call. And the Chinese began to pout, is the word I use, and sort of sulk as a result of all of that. They they maintained that this was the balloon was some a weather balloon that was off target. That's bold faced lie. We have the evidence to dispute that, obviously. American people know it's a lie. But they they shut down high level communications, uh, particularly with the military officials. Keene says that while military leaders should talk He's not sure any amount of talking will convince China not to try to control the South Pacific. Talking is good. There's no, no one disputes that. Uh, but the reality is is that China is very aggressive, Joe, as we know. I mean, they're, they're trying to take advantage 
of the, our allies and partners in the region uh, to dominate and control that region and replace the United States as the world's global leader. And they're marching to that drumbeat every single day. And nothing's, no amount of talking is going to change any of that. The retired general tells the Daybreak Insider that he's concerned about the decline of U.S. naval ships. I've been talking about this uh, for a number of years. They have more, not just the Navy, uh, they have more ships, they have more airplanes, they have more rockets, and they have more missiles. And, and that's, that's the reality of it. And we're in catch-up here. And their plan is to go to 440 ships. The, uh, the, the head of the United States Navy in congressional testimony said the United States goal should be 373 ships. But we're not going to get there with the budgets that this administration is passing. As a matter of fact, we go from 298 ships this year to 291 ships next year. We're going down in ships because some of them are just being retired due to their age, and we don't have the new ones yet to take their place. Keen points out that it's not just about military numbers. The Chinese are building ships faster every single year and airplanes, and rockets, and missiles than the United States are. So we'll likely never, ever catch them in their numbers. But what we have to do, so our audience understands, it's not just about the numbers. The Soviet Union had more troops, more tanks, uh, more artillery, uh, and more airplanes than the United States had for those 45 years when we were facing them off uh, in Europe as a part of NATO. But what they concluded was the threat from the United States was so significant, even though they outnumbered us, that the cost would be too great to invade. And that is what we have to make sure that we establish. This is called deterrence. Japan and China set up a defense hotline in March to improve communication and avoid accidental encounters in the increasingly tense region. And defense ministry officials from the two countries recently held their first telephone talks on that hotline. Washington and Beijing have yet to hold such talks, and when Austin phoned their crisis line in February, the call went unanswered. Late on Thursday night, the Senate passes the bipartisan debt ceiling bill that was approved by the House on Wednesday. The bill suspends the $31 trillion debt ceiling while cutting federal spending. Just uh, got the news in here that the Senate has passed the debt ceiling bill. Pulling up this tweet here from Fox's Chad Pergram. With that official information, that vote 63 to 36. So officially, the Senate gave the final approval to that bill to suspend the debt limit until January 2025, ending a tense several weeks in Washington and a uh, big standoff that ultimately ended with McCarthy and Biden in a deal that faced bipartisan support and opposition in both houses. You can see also in uh, this tweet here of that vote passage here, 63 to 36, that bill to provide for responsible increase to the debt ceiling. All of this happening live late on this Thursday evening. Some of these tweets rolling in here. 
giving that official confirmation of the passage. This comes after we heard Senate members debating and talking about several different amendments earlier today. Some of those amendments that they were discussing went longer than Senator Schumer was wanting, but ultimately it led to this moment, the debt ceiling, ceiling bill passing the Senate, that vote of 63 to 36. While there were some Democrats and Republicans who expressed concerns over the bill, ultimately it had enough backers who felt the need to raise the debt limit outweighed any discontent with provisions related to military spending, entitlement programs, or a pipeline. The measure now goes to the president for his signature with several days to spare before June 5. Time to pay up. On Thursday, the Senate voted to scrap President Biden's proposal to forgive more than $400 billion in student loan debt. The program, which was announced last year, was supposed to cancel up to $10,000 in student loan debt for those making less than $125,000 and $20,000 for those who received Pell Grants. The program was quickly met with backlash over the anticipated price tag, which economic experts suggest would cost the government more than $400 billion in lost debt repayment. The Senate voted to rescind President Biden's plan, canceling federal student loan debts for 43 million people. The vote was 52 to 46, as Democrats Joe Manchin and John Tester, plus independent Kirsten Sinema, joined Republicans in the majority. The White House has promised a veto, but the plan's ultimate fate lies with a Supreme Court decision expected this month. Republican members have long said the idea of student debt cancellation is unfair to those who have paid off all of their loans and those who never took out student loans at all. Meanwhile, Democrats voted overwhelmingly against the resolution and argued that Republican efforts to kill the program would hurt millions of Americans who have already qualified for debt relief. The Salem Radio Network's Hugh Hewitt appeared on Fox News and stated bluntly that the president needs to focus on the southern border instead of trying to cancel student loan debt. If you have the executive authority to forgive student loans, you have the executive authority to do whatever you need to make the country secure, which to make the border secure. And he has thus far taken a pose, struck a position of a hard no on anything having to do with enforcement. And I believe that's why he's at 36 percent. Age figures into it, too. But Americans understand you can't take four million people in a year. It's not uh, acceptable in any national security metric. The last year of President Trump, half a million people came in without permission. This year, four million, 72,000 a week. That's an Ohio State-Michigan game. And every week, another group of people come in, and they mostly look like young men who are going to take jobs and are going to take up space and are just not good for the country to allow in, in a way. Forbes columnist Adam Minsky says that students who have loans to pay off are in for a bit of sticker shock when they see the new higher interest rates. The big thing for many borrowers is that for over three years, as you mentioned, uh, they've been covered by the student loan pause, which has not only stopped payments, but it has set interest rates to 0% for all government-held federal student loans. That's millions of borrowers who have had 
no interest on their loans. Uh, once the payment pause ends this summer, as it's expected to do, uh, interest rates will revert back to whatever those uh, rates were prior to the COVID pause going into effect. Now, for some borrowers, that might be just a few percentage points, but for other borrowers, particularly for borrowers who have graduate loans or Parent PLUS loans, those in, uh, those interest rates could be 7 8 9%. Um, so to go from zero to the high single digits is a significant shift for many borrowers. Minsky points out that the federal rate hikes have played a major role in what students will see in their monthly payments. The Fed has been increasing uh, their rates, which has caused interest rates to, uh, to rise in various ways throughout the economy. That's impacting the disbursement of new federal loans for borrowers who are currently in school or will be in school next year, as well as uh, borrowers who have variable rate private student loans uh, with interest rates that uh, track along with the overall market environment, those folks have also seen tremendous increases in their interest rates over the course of the last year or two. And this student says he's surprised that he's going to have to start paying back his loans so soon. I didn't realize it was going to be that soon and that abrupt. Um, so, yeah, it's going to be a shock because now we have to allocate more of a budget now to pay those back in a timely manner. Another student says she's not really worried about it because she knows that she has financial tools available to her. I'm honestly not too worried about it just because I know the flexibility and I know what's available for me at this time. Now that the House and Senate have passed the resolution, the president is expected to veto it shortly. And according to the White House, killing the loan forgiveness program of the president would hurt up to 40 million Americans. President Biden tripped and fell on stage during the Air Force Academy graduation in Colorado. Daybreak Insider's Ed Donahue has taken a look at the video and has more on the status of the president. The president was greeting the graduates with salutes and handshakes and turned to jog back toward his seat when he fell. The 80-year-old president was helped up and returned to his seat. The White House says he tripped over a sandbag and is fine. His message to Air Force Academy graduates. The nation needs you. He thanked them for choosing service over self. Graduates, you've made a noble choice to lead a life of service. Now... You also shoulder a great privilege and a mighty responsibility. He told graduates that great privilege is of leading in a world that will only get more confusing in the years to come. I'm Ed Donahue. The Federal Trade Commission has hit Amazon with a $25 million fine over allegations that it violated child privacy laws and deceived parents by keeping their kids' voices and locations recorded by Alexa. If that wasn't enough, the company also has to pay another $5.8 million in customer refunds due to alleged privacy violations involving Amazon's home monitoring system, Ring. Reporter Jesse Kirsch explains more about the ruling. Tonight, Amazon has agreed to pay $25 million after federal authorities say the company sacrificed privacy for profits when it held on to children's personal information, even after parents asked the company to delete that data collected with Alexa. The FTC says more than 100 million Alexa-enabled devices like this Echo Dot Kids have been sold worldwide. The FTC also says Ring, an Amazon subsidiary, has sold more than a million cameras. 
indoor cameras branded as something to make the home safer. But authorities say some cameras actually left customers exposed to illegal surveillance. Amazon now agreeing to pay nearly $6 million over that claim. When you set up a ring camera like this one, you can keep an eye on home from afar. But the FTC says homeowners weren't the only ones alleging that ring gave all of its employees, quote, full access to every customer video. In addition to the fines, Amazon must now impose stricter and more transparent privacy measures. The company also has to delete certain data that it has collected. Tech executive Dr. Lisa Palmer says that she doesn't doubt that more settlements like this may come in the future with other companies. So it's imperative that consumers start reading the fine print on everything. And consumers need to be aware where their information is going. Every time you use an app, walk into a store, pay something with your phone or pay something even with a credit card, you are agreeing to certain rights and you need to be aware of those rights. And with all the thoughts and the actions that we do every day, a lot of it we really can't keep track of. So you need to work with trusted brands and trusted vendors. In addition to the fine in the Alexa case, the order prohibits Amazon from using deleted geolocation and voice information to create or improve any data product. The order also requires Amazon to create a privacy program for its use of geolocation information. The number of Americans filing for unemployment benefits rose slightly last week. Daybreak Insider's Jeremy House is taking a look at the new numbers. Applications for jobless claims are 232,000 for the week ending May 27th, an increase of just 2,000 from the previous week. The four-week moving average of claims fell by 2,500 to 229,500. Overall, 1.8 million people were collecting unemployment benefits the week that ended May 20th, about 6,000 more than the previous week. If you know someone looking for a new career field, airplane mechanics are now in high demand. Daybreak Insider's Jackie Quinn fills us in on which industries are looking for some extra help. Airplane mechanics are among the fields seeing a shrinking workforce, mostly due to the surge of retirements that began during the pandemic. A maintenance manager for Piedmont Airlines says everybody's getting ready to retire and not enough people are coming in to take the jobs. At the Pittsburgh Institute of Aeronautics, more than two dozen new graduates are celebrating their starting pay, close to $30 an hour. Other industries running out of workers, construction, manufacturing, nursing, and even accounting. I'm Jackie Quinn. And finally. Move over, James Bond. The Norwegian government has issued a warning to residents to stay away from a very friendly beluga whale, who marine biologists say was trained to be a Russian spy. Norway is warning people to stay away from a whale that experts speculate was a Russian spy. The beluga whale was first spotted in 2019 wearing a harness with camera mounts, leading experts to believe that the whale may have been trained by the Russian military. Since being freed from the harness, the whale, nicknamed Valdemir, has been spotted following boats and playing with locals. A 
Officials are now asking people to stay away to prevent the whale from being accidentally injured or killed by boat traffic given increased human contact. The whale, whom locals named Heldemir, was first spotted in 2019 wearing a harness complete with mounted cameras stamped with St. Petersburg on them. That evidence is why experts believe he was trained by the Russian Navy. The slippery secret agent is now so friendly with humans that he often visits densely populated waterways in order to freeload for fish from boaters. Marine biologists say that his willingness to travel to such places isn't a good thing because he could be hurt badly by boat propellers. Filmmaker Regina Crosby says the whale story actually sounds like fiction. I always say it sounds like something that like a comic book artist ran out of ideas or something in the 50s and created this. He was trained to do military spy work. You can send a whale a lot further and a lot longer and a lot deeper than you can a human, first of all. And second of all, that whale can go undetected. Crosby recounts how Heldemir was rescued from the camera's harness. He started pulling at fishermen's boats and buoys and equipment and getting their attention. One of the fishermen in Norway really realized something's wrong with this picture. There's a whale wearing a harness. He got in the water himself and was able to undo the harness and take Valdemir out of the, the harness, which I think is really important, a, an important thing to have happen for Valdemir because I, I don't think he probably could have lived his whole life in that too comfortably. Haldemir may have a lot of human friends, but he is all alone when it comes to life with other whales. So the filmmaker has set up a charity which sets aside money just to make sure the gentle giant is fed. It's um, it's an ongoing situation. He is he is free, but he is incredibly vulnerable, and so it's it's become um, much more than a film for me. I created a nonprofit for him called OneWhale.org, and that organization's only objective in life is to protect him, help him survive, and hopefully give him a chance at a normal whale life. In the past, the Russian Navy has been known to train belugas to conduct military operations. Subscribe to the Daybreak Insider podcast at Apple or Google Podcast, Spotify, or SalemPodcastNetwork.com. Get our companion Daybreak Insider newsletter each morning at daybreakinsider.com. Ongoing coverage of breaking news and commentary at srnnews.com and townhall.com. Thanks for starting your day with us. I'm Mike Scott.